0: Welcome to the Encounter Church podcast. We believe this message will encourage you as you grow your faith and your relationship with Jesus. Grab your notebook and a pen as we get right into the message. All right, today we are in week two of our Christmas series, a four-week-long series that we're simply talking about the blank that stole Christmas. Now, this series is going to lead us right up until the Christmas holiday, just two weeks away. But in this span of time, we're going to dig into the things that, that truthfully, honestly, even though we don't want to admit it, it's derailed us from what Christmas is all about. We watch the holiday, hallmark Christmas movies. Everything is beautiful, just the right amount of snow. The family is all getting along, except for on Home Alone. You guys, any Home Alone fans out there? We've already watched several of them this year. But the family is all getting along. the The food is made. Nothing is burnt. Everything is great. The presents are all purchased. We are all happy. Everything is spectacular. But truthfully, on the inside, something is missing. See, today I want to talk about the facade that stole Christmas. Now, I want to encourage those of you that are watching online this morning to not tune out, but to tune in and participate in what's happening. You can get the notes there on our church app or the YouVersion app, but I want to challenge you to stay with us, join with us, let God speak into your life this morning. Now, the word facade, by definition, is simply this. An outward appearance that is maintained to conceal a less pleasant or credible reality. Let me read that again. It's an outward appearance. It's what we make ourselves look like that is to maintain or to conceal a less Pleasant or credible reality. I wonder today how many of us are guilty of simply trying to hide behind the facade of a social media post or a false front of words simply to conceal a less pleasant reality. Oftentimes, we'll greet one another with this statement, how are you doing? And our common response is what? I'm good. But deep on the inside, what we're hiding, the reality, the less pleasant reality is there's hurt, there's frustration, there's imperfection, there's issues. But for one reason or another, we we put this false facade, this false covering, this outward appearance, trying to conceal the less pleasant or the credible reality. We've all been there before. But here's what I've discovered. We can't allow ourselves to be fooled. People aren't who they post to be. And that goes for your life as well. We only place on social media the high moments of the day. You're getting that family picture together, and what do you look to the kids and say, you better smile this time. This is going on social media. The world's going to see this. Smile. Act happy. And we all look the parts. But here's the question that begs to be asked. Is there a way out. Is there a way out of this struggle, out of this facade? Is it possible to simply live freely in the reality of who God has created us to be? I would say yes. Today, I want to take a few moments, and I want to look at the Christmas story. In fact, I want to look at the earthly parents of Jesus, Mary and Joseph, and I want to discover how do we remove this facade and truly live the life that God has set for us. Let me give you a little release this morning. It's okay to be imperfect. Everybody take a big breath. It's okay to be imperfect. It's okay to have moments where life isn't running in perfection. It's okay to have those moments when mistakes happen. It's okay. We strive to be who God's called us to be, but there's going to be moments when, when everything isn't perfect. So let's look at Mary and Joseph. You see, they had every opportunity in the world to hide behind the facade of what should be, rather than facing and ultimately embracing the reality of where God had placed them. Now, I understand they didn't have the struggle of social media like we do today, they didn't have the facade that comes along with that, but I am certain that this idea of a facade or a false reality is nothing new. In fact, as I was making preparations a couple of weeks ago for this message, I ran across a quote that I thought was pretty applicable for today. It was written by a French author, and I'm going to try his name here, Francois de la Rochencole. Sound Sound pretty good? We'll all approve. It sounds good. Here's what he had to say. We are more interested in making others believe we are happy than in trying to be happy ourselves. Now, this wasn't written in 1997. This wasn't written in 2017. This was written in 16, somewhere between 1613 and 1680. I want you to understand that This idea of a facade, this idea of trying to look better than we are, this idea of putting a false front to hide or disguise a false reality is nothing new. It's been around for many, many, many years. So for the next few moments, let me share with you four opportunities of a facade Number one is this, the opportunity to degrade others in order to promote self. The opportunity to degrade or destroy or tear apart or make look bad others in order to promote self. Look at our story today in Matthew 1.18. This is how Jesus the Messiah was born, his mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. Now we're going to talk about what that means in just a moment. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly. So he decided to break the engagement quietly. Now, truth be told, legally in that day, Joseph had every right to completely destroy Mary. I mean, not only publicly destroy her, he could have had her put to death. Because becoming pregnant out of wedlock, becoming pregnant when you weren't married, was a major, major, major no-no. So here, he finds out this news that Mary is becoming, has become pregnant, that Mary's going to have a child. He knows it's not his. He has a choice to make. We're going to talk more about that in just a moment. Now, there are three stages to the Jewish marriage. Number one, this is the, the moment when the families agree upon the union. They're like, hey, you know what? Your daughter should marry my son. Let, let's work out an agreement here. I'll give you a couple cows. You give me a couple of this. We'll make this thing happen. It sounds really good. They come up with this agreement. It's an agreed upon union or marriage. The second stage, is this is the public announcement. This is similar to an engagement Today, the only difference is when they're engaged, the only way to break off that engagement is through death or divorce. Okay, so this is the stage where Mary and Joseph were. They were engaged publicly. They had already shared with everybody, hey, we're going to get married, and suddenly Mary comes up pregnant. The only way to break it off is death or divorce. Now, the third stage, this is marriage. This is where the couple becomes um, united together. They, they begin to live with one another. But again, Mary and Joseph are at stage two. So Joseph had a choice. Finding out this information, he's got to do something. So in the moment, he decides to break off the engagement. In other words, divorce Mary quietly. But looking at the situation, he had no choice, right? After all, it's not his baby. Mary being pregnant was a major social no-no. There was potential challenges socially, not only for Joseph, but for Mary for both of them. So the only solution was to divorce her. Yes, he could have had her killed, according to Deuteronomy 22. We'll talk about his, moment, his response in just a moment. Now, we oftentimes have opportunities in our lives to make a decision like Joseph made that day. We have the choice on a regular basis to destroy people's character, their reputation, their relationships, And oftentimes, this is done simply to make self look better or to promote what's best for us. Could you imagine what it would have been like that day if Jesus' birth would have happened with social media? How would Joseph have responded on social media? What would he have put on TikTok? What would he have written on his Facebook page? For some of you old school, what, what would he have tweeted out there? What would his Instagram post have looked like? And how, how would people have responded to this? You see, we are not to become self-focused, but we've got to become others-focused. This, this idea of a, of a facade, It takes us off the path that God has for us because suddenly the facade makes everything about us. Joseph had an opportunity. He could destroy Mary, her reputation, her life, her relationships. He could have destroyed everything simply to make himself look better. But look what the Bible says in Philippians chapter 2. It says, then make me truly happy, Paul is writing to the church of Philippi here, make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with with each other, loving one another, and working together with one mind and one purpose. Here's the part I want you to grab. Don't be selfish. Come on, if you're watching online right now, put that in the chat. Don't be selfish. Look at your neighbor this morning. Say, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourself. Don't look out only for your own interest, but take an interest in others too. You see, here the Bible is sharing with you and I that our responsibility is not all self but my responsibility is to reach out to those outside of these walls. My responsibility is to reach across this room to show love to one another, to embrace one another, to have concern for one another. It's not about how do I look, but how can I help you in your pursuits? When was the last time that you paused In your social media rant come on this is gonna step on some toes when is the last time that you paused in your gossip session to count the cost see it's so easy to jump on social media and attempt to destroy or even discredit that which we don't like or that which we disagree with but you see gossip Dissension, division, slander, tearing down others. These things are not from God. And if you claim to be a Christian, you need to stop and count the cost. What is your behavior costing? Jesus' reputation, your spiritual witness. Your relationship with others. Your ability to impact the world. I want to challenge you today, church. Listen carefully. As we put this false facade in and as we begin to lash out at the world around us, we are discrediting or we are pushing people away from a relationship with God. Come on. The Bible says that let everything we do be done as if we're working for God. Everything we say, everything we do, our actions, our behaviors, our responses should represent a relationship with Jesus. When is the last time that you paused just to count the cost? Ephesians chapter 4 verse 29 says it this way, Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say, come on, say that with me, let everything you say, say it one more time, let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those that hear them. And then if that doesn't help us, look at Proverbs 20, verse 19. One who goes around, goes about as a slanderer, reveals secrets. Therefore, do not associate with a gossip. You guys got quiet real quick. Some of you just scooted over a little bit. Don't associate with a gossip. Why? Because suddenly you're going to be corrupt by that character. And if you find yourself being that gossip, if you find that yourself being that individual that is slandering people, tearing down people, destroying people by your post, stop now and count the cost. Realize that you represent Jesus. So what are you going to do with the opportunity to degrade someone's nature, their character, their relationships? or even their life as presented to you. I challenge you, stop and count the cost. The second opportunity is this, the opportunity to hide behind the facade of perfection. Oh, we try this one a lot, don't we? We try to hide behind this this false front, but on the backside behind that false front is rotten wood, Mold, destruction, issues, problems. Look what it says in Luke chapter 1. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent an angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. What was Mary going to do? As we discovered, being pregnant and not married was certainly a cause for incredible social and relational issues. How could Mary hide this from the world? See, we face this on an almost daily basis. How do we hide our imperfections? We look for just the right lighting as we're making that post. We try to find the right angle. You don't want to go down here. Then you have that double chin. You want to go up so you can eliminate that double chin. So you look a little skinnier. Come on. I learned a few things from a teenage girl, now young adult girl. We look for the right settings, the right filters, And we show the world a false reality, because after all, I have to look the part and not allow my imperfections to show to the world around me. But here's what I've discovered. Real people are never perfect. And perfect people are never real. Come on, real people are never perfect. If someone tries to convince you that everything in their life is perfect, that everything is going great, guess what? They're not real. It's kind of like this picture that we discovered. Take a look at this. A young man, I'm 18, just bought my first home. After years of working hard, you can do it too. And he has some emojis there. This was a post on social media. But if you look closely at the picture, above his right shoulder, up a little higher, there's the shelves from Home Depot. Home Depot. He's simply sitting in the kitchen cabinet department of Home Depot claiming, look at my life. You too can live a life like this. I'm 18. I've done it now. But with some hard work, you can accomplish this task. But in reality, he's just shopping. And I wonder at 18, what's he shopping for in Home Depot? Let's move on. Church, listen carefully. Your validation is not found in the number of likes you get on social media. Come on, listen carefully. This is going to resonate with some of you out here. Now, some of you are like, I don't even care. I don't even post anything on social media. The rest of you, listen for a moment. Your validation is not found in the number of likes that you get on social media. For the rest of you, your validation is not found in the compliments or the words of people around you. Your validation is not found in trying to look perfect in a messed up world. Mary had a choice to make to hide behind and hide from the world around her until all this passed or simply embrace it and follow the blessing and the call of God. I don't know about you, but I'm so grateful that she chose to follow the call of God. What did she say? She said, may everything you have said about me come true. In that moment, she had a choice to make. Will I try to put up a false facade? Will I try to hide from the criticism of the world? Or am I going to step out and trust God? Allow him to take the lead on my life. She chose to be an obedient servant of God. Look at our third opportunity. The opportunity to gain faulty acceptance from others. The opportunity to gain faulty acceptance from others. Because how many of you know, you put up this false facade, I guarantee you, this young man, he got some posts going, dude, great job, nice house, really like that. Then there were some haters out there that said, dude, get out of Home Depot, go home. (laughs) The Bible says in Luke chapter 1, Gabriel appeared to her, to Mary, and said, greetings, favored woman, the Lord is with you. Mary had to choose in that moment What voice was she going to listen to? No doubt she began to think ahead the weeks and the months that she would endure the criticism, the complaints, the hateful words, She knew that all this was coming, but she had to choose in the moment what voice would she listen to. Every day we face the same dilemma. So many voices giving their opinion of our performance on life. It happens to all of us. I get it. People tell me, well, you know, I don't think you should do that, or I don't think you should do this, And hey, you're doing a great job doing this, you're doing a great job doing that. I had a person several years ago, we used to have a kitchen, I probably shouldn't share this, but I'm going to, we had a kitchen out here, and I had some people that were not happy that we got rid of the kitchen, and we we opened it up, and so I got a lot of heat on that, and about a year ago, one of the guys that was disgruntled on that, he doesn't attend here anymore, good friend though. He walked up, and he was in a meeting with me in here, and he said, I want to apologize. We didn't see the vision. We didn't know what God was doing. And he said, that was one of the greatest things you've done. And I was like, well, it wasn't me, and I don't know that was the greatest thing, but we'll accept that. Thank you. Thank you for that. So we're going to have those moments. We're all going to face them. But what do we do in those moments? We buckle down and say, Lord, what do you have? Lord, this is not about me. Lord, this isn't my pursuit, God. I'm just your vessel, God. I'm just moving where you're calling me to move. I'm just going where you've called me to go. God, what do you have in store? God, what do you want to do? Lord, help me to to not be confused by the words from the outside, but Lord, help me to listen to you and follow your path. Now, there's something to be said about godly counsel, but there's also something to be said about just the noise of environments. Come on, let me say that again. We, we need godly counsel. That's why I've got the board. That's why I've got the staff. And that's why I've got leadership. We talk. We, we process through. We look at things. We, we move things around. We try to figure things out. But there's also something to be said about just the noise. The naysayers. The critics. The people that quickly point out you have a pimple on your face. Come on, come on, you've all got those people in your life. Mary had to choose what voice was she going to listen to. Every one of us wants to, get, everybody around us wants to give their opinion on the choices we make, the way that we dress, the way that we live, and they're quick to point out our imperfections. But this voice for Mary was different. The angel Gabriel didn't call her a peasant girl. Didn't classify her as a teenage girl. Didn't say, well, fill in the blank, whatever's applicable to you. But the angel Gabriel approached Mary in that moment and he said this, Greetings, favored woman. One translation says, highly favored Woman. Now, this statement wasn't a statement that Mary was used to. In fact, the Bible says her quick response to this, one verse later, it says, Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Highly favored? I've never been seen as highly favored before. Woman? I'm just a peasant teenage girl. Confused, bewildered, one translation says cast out in her mind. She tried to figure out what the angel could mean. She had never heard this type of validation before. So no doubt there was a variety of emotions stirring in her mind, streaming through her life. For us today, seeking validation through social media, seeking validation through people, is a never-ending cycle of fake happiness. Come on, let that sink in. We're going to talk about the difference between happiness and joy in just a couple of weeks. But seeking validation through social media, seeking validation through people, it's a never-ending cycle of fake happiness. See, cuz our validation from God, it comes when we don't feel adequate. No doubt Mary felt inadequate. Why would he choose Why wouldn't the Messiah, the long-awaited Messiah, come to somebody with higher clout? Why wouldn't the long-awaited Messiah come to somebody with a higher economic status? Why wouldn't the Messiah come to a full-fledged adult, that teenage peasant girl? No doubt she felt inadequate. And no doubt there's moments in your life when you feel inadequate. I don't know that I'm good enough, God. Lord, Lord, I'm not sure that I I can measure up. I can't do that because look at me. I want you to know your validation from God comes to you in those moments when, yeah, you feel inadequate. Our validation comes from God even when we are unsure. Mary said to herself, how can this be? I'm a virgin. I'm not even married. and How can I have this child? Our validation from God comes even when we're scared. Have you ever been scared before? Yeah. If we were honest, every one of us have have had that moment. What's Joseph going to say? Uh, What are mom and dad going to think? How are they going to respond to this? Will they even believe me? What about my friends? Are they still going to be my friends when I tell them what happened? Are they going to believe that this is reality? But I love what the angel said to Mary. And he also said to Joseph, he said, do not be afraid. See, in those moments... When we're scared, in those moments when we're unsure, in those moments where we feel inadequate, it's in that moment that we've got to rest in the assurance, the positive declaration of God, not in self. Self's going to let you down. People are going to let you down. But God, he's a foundation that's never shaken. Likewise, we cannot rely upon self or social media likes or the approval of others. We must turn to God and rest in him and him alone. Look what Paul says to the church in Galatia. He says, obviously, I'm not trying to win the approval of people, but of God. If pleasing people were my goal, I would not be Christ's servant. So listen to this. Obviously, my goal is to please God first and foremost. Everything else is going to fall in place. What would it look like if we chose today, in this Christmas season, to not allow this facade to steal away what God has for us, but we change our focus from the facade, the the desire to look perfect, the desire to gain validation, what if we move that to this reality of, Lord, I'm going to be centered on you and you alone. Whatever you have in store, God, I'm ready to go. What sort of difference would that make in your life? Our final opportunity is this, the opportunity to listen to and follow God's plan. The opportunity to listen to and follow God's plan. So rather than putting on the facade, rather than putting on the false front to hide a less perfect uh, reality, now we're looking to the things of God. We're listening to his voice. We're following his plan. Take a look at what happened. to the call of God, to continue in this relationship, to be the earthly father of Jesus. Luke chapter 1, it says this, don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. Mary's response was this, I am the Lord's servant, may everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. And then I like what it says in Luke chapter 2, verse 19. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. With everything that happens during the Christmas season, it's so easy to begin to treasure other things besides Jesus. To place the facade of what others expect in front of what God has for us, it's easy to, be ga- to begin to gain validation through stuff, false acceptance, people, and allow the true life that Jesus set before us to be stolen very quickly. But that very first Christmas, Mary took the time to allow each and every moment. To find a special place in her heart she allowed who she was to be to be defined by what God had said about her let me say that again she allowed who she was to be defined by what God said about her how did she do this well what did we just read in verse 19 she pondered the words of God in her hearts One translation says, she thought about them often. I wonder, what are the things that you think about often? What is it that's defining you? What is it that's defining your call? What is it that defines your day-to-day activities? What is it that defines who you are? Is it the false validation of those around you? Or have you tapped into the things of God? Two questions I want to leave you with today. Number one, where do you get your validation? Number two, whose validation do you think about and ponder in your heart? Today I challenge you. Realize today that God loves you. How do I know that? Because the Bible says, for God so loved the world. Therefore, God loves you. He loves you so much that he sent Jesus to give us real life. To give us purpose. To give us a reason for tomorrow. That no matter what you go through, no matter what you face, the Bible says he, he's concerned about every detail of your lives. He's with you on the mountaintop experience. He's with you when the bottom falls out and everything seems to be falling apart. Every step of the way, God is there. So rather than put in this false facade, What if we just say, God, here I am. May what you have said about me come true. Would you bow your heads with me today? Thank you for listening to the Encounter Church podcast. We pray that this message was a blessing and an encouragement to you.